0: You are now listening to the Millennial Travel Podcast with Matt Wilson.
1: What's up, podcast listeners? Are you ready for another episode of the Millennial Travel Podcast? My new series is co-founder of Under 30 Experiences and newly minted author of the Millennial Travel Guidebook, Escape More, Spend Less and make travel a priority in your life. And that is exactly what today's guest is here to help you do, navigate frequent flyer miles, uh, rewards points, credit card miles and points, and all these travel hacks. How do you keep them straight? What are the best programs to be signing up for? I am going to try to tease out as many tips and tricks as I possibly can from none other than the editor of The Points Guy. I'm very excited about uh, this episode because this is a world-class expert. If you don't know about The Points Guy, You should definitely check out their blog. It is an exhaustive resource for traveling, spending less. And uh, well, exactly what I I said my subtitle of the book was all about. And this guy is going to help you make travel priority in your life. I know if you're listening right now, you might be saying, oh, well, we can't travel. Well, you can uh, if you are a U.S. citizen, of course across this amazing country that we have, including Puerto Rico and Guam and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, Don't sleep on those places, of course. Um, But, yeah, we're preparing for a post-COVID world. So regardless of uh, the level of risk that you are uh, currently taking or looking to put others uh, at please do what is within your comfort zone but in the meantime stop start racking up those points that is what is important and um, this episode's going to tell you how to do that I want to just say thank you guys for. Uh, all of the support around the launch of the Millennial Travel Guidebook. I could not be more thrilled with the response from our community. Of course, it was a very difficult time to launch uh, a travel book, but we did it. We made it to number one in a bunch of different categories, including budget travel, solo travel, travel tips. So those are, are really the big ones uh, that I was trying to go after. Bunch of smaller ones as well, and uh, yeah. So I just wanted to say thank you. That is, of course, available on millennialtravelguidebook.com travel guidebook.com or you can listen to the last episode, uh, which is a free chapter of the audio book. Uh, so you can check that out. Um, that one was on. Oof, what was that on? How to? I'm giving away the free chapter on how to find uh, free flights or the best deals on flights at millennialtravelguidebook.com and that is as a downloadable pdf and uh, i'm drawing a blank but you can check out a chapter of the audio audiobook in the last chapter uh in the last podcast so hope you enjoy that one other piece of housekeeping For the Under 30 Experiences community, we just got back from our first socially distanced camping trip, Asheville, North Carolina, the Great Smoky Mountains, and uh, the trip went very, very well. And uh, yeah, we're just so grateful that as a small business, we are able to operate with the necessary precautions and uh, continue to do our thing uh, and give the, the community what they need and uh, that's that's some friends, that is some uh, support, some inspiration, some motivation and uh, all these good things that we talk about here on the Millennial Travel Podcast. Anyway, I've gone on long enough, check out this episode with Nick Ewan. Hello everybody and welcome, I'm your host Matt Wilson and today we are here with Nick Ewan, senior editor at The Points Guy, he has been bitten by the travel bug at a very early age. He was just telling me that he has been in the travel hacking game for over two decades, redeeming points and miles to visit over 40 countries across six continents. And uh, he lives in Florida with his wife and five-year-old daughter. And I'm excited to capture your story, Nick, as well as see what kind of point, uh, see what kind of uh, tips and tricks we can extract here on the episode today. So without further ado, Nick, welcome.
0: Oh, thanks for having me, Matt. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to the conversation.
1: Yeah, of course. So you were were telling me a little bit off camera that uh, while your wife was still in school, that you guys traveled way more than you ever thought possible. And this is one of the reasons that I really wanted to bring you on today was just to to see what we can do to help people stretch their hard-earned money and you know whatever financial especially you know that people are are young most of the listeners uh here and whatever ways that we can help people stretch their money i think is is really important but also so People don't have to spend all their money getting to a place or on their accommodations and can do more fun stuff while, while they're on the ground, support the local economies, et cetera, and also just get out more in general. So could you uh, bring us through a little bit of your own personal story?
0: Yeah, so uh, when I first graduated from college, <clears throat> my... Uh, I was actually a teacher and my wife went to grad school. Uh, She's now a lawyer. But at the time, you know, we were not raking tons of money. And I had kind of thought, oh, I need to have this high paying job, you know, making tons and tons of money in order to travel and see the world. And that's really where I discovered the world of points and miles. I was actually living out in the West. My wife was uh, here in Florida and we started trying to travel back and forth to see each other, you know, as frequently as we could. Uh, We couldn't always afford the $250 plane ticket the you know $300 $350 plane ticket during you know a, a school break for her when prices were inflated and that's what really led us into the world of travel rewards and we quickly saw that there were so many ways that you could leverage things that you do every single day shopping online dining out using you know the right credit card to be able to rack up these points and miles, to be able to visit each other, to be able to, you know, take trips to, to Europe. And uh, there, there are so many things that every single person can do to, to just, you know, be able to explore more of the world than they really ever thought possible, even if you don't have a huge income base to use towards flights and hotels and other expenses.
1: Well, that is, uh, that is excellent. And uh, yet, so you guys were flying back and forth. And then did you, were you able to take any other trips, uh, other places during that time? or, Or is that something you had to work towards?
0: Yeah, so we were able one uh, Christmas break uh, when my school was closed, her school was shut down. We did go ahead uh, and book a trip to London. So we were able to, to go there. We got a really great uh, package deal. Um, that was actually uh, a really inexpensive, inexpensive paid vacation. But then uh, one of the other great things we did was all, our alma mater went to uh, the Orange Bowl um, during our time apart. And, uh, we got a chance to use our points and miles to actually fly down there right during new years. I mean, peak travel times paying for the flights would have been, you know, five or $600. But because we had, uh, leveraged our knowledge of points and miles, we, we were able to grab those flights for free and take in uh, um, what, Ultimately was a disappointing loss for our team, but uh, it was still a, a fantastic experience. And again, something that a year or two out of college, there's no way we would have been able to pay out of pocket had we not had the points and miles at our disposal.
1: That, that's great Who, who's your team Tim uh, Nick
0: <laughs> so uh, I am a Wake Forest grad my wife and I actually uh-huh. met there our second day of freshman year so not exactly a football powerhouse but it was uh, it was a great experience to uh, to get down there for their uh, ACC championship season
1: that's great I know these are basketball players but uh, Tim was it was Tim Duncan and did Chris Paul go there uh, as well are those two probably yep. the two most famous Wake Forest grads is that right mm-hmm.
0: Probably um, Arnold Palmer is another one for you know any golf listeners out there. He okay. was a, a Wake Forest, uh, a Wake Forest man. Um, Josh Howard from the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Jeff Teague, uh, current NBA player, um, also a Wake Forest grad. So um, yeah, we uh, we are known a lot for basketball, but this was a great opportunity to to use points and miles to experience the football uh, enjoyment of Wake Forest in a in a bowl game.
1: There you go. Well, those are those are not. Uh, Cheap trips to go and see a game like that so uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing and if somebody is thinking oh my god, it's such a Overwhelming uh, subject matter when you're talking about all the rules and regulations when it comes to points and miles and credit card rewards and uh, You you might sign up for these rewards points, but they're so scattered all over the place it seems at times and uh, if you were a, a student again and or, – or you had just graduated, where would you start spending your money? Because you probably you know spent the, the credit or, – or if you had to swipe your credit card for textbooks, for example, you were probably earning points on that. So where does somebody begin if they're just trying to wrap their head around where to start?
0: Well, I think the, the most important thing is to start small. If you try to go from zero to 100 miles an hour, you know, right off the bat when you're first getting started, that's a recipe for disaster. So start with one. Simple credit card that has an easy to understand reward structure, you know, that doesn't necessarily say, you know, triple points at this type of merchant and double points at this type of merchant. And then on the second Tuesday of the month with the full moon, you get five times the points. You know, stay away from some of those, you know, schemes when you're first getting started. Um, we have a great suggestion uh, or great list of best starter cards at our website, thepointsguy.com, that are simple but really set you up down the road if you want to get more intermediate and advanced with your ability to earn and use points and miles i have a lot of friends when you know they really start to get into the the game they hear me talking about all the trips that we've taken at really minimal cost they start asking me what are the best credit cards i will always ask them how Crazy? Do you want to go into this this whole game? And if their answer is, you know, I just want something simple that I don't need to worry about that just saves me money, maybe a cash back credit card, a simple reward structure, one to two percent cash back on everything you buy. Then you put that cash uh, aside into a vacation fund. Others want a reward card, a rewards card like the Capital One Venture Card that is simple, two miles for every dollar you spend. You use those for any travel purchase that you make on the card. Again, really simple and straightforward, but the benefit of having a card that's really simple like the Capital One Venture is down the road if you decide, you know what, I want to go a little bit more crazy and be you know, one of those maximizers. You have the flexibility to do so, or of course you also have the ability to add new cards to your wallet down the road. I'm not saying you should have 21 open credit cards like I have. But even having a really solid combination of two or three uh, gives you a lot of flexibility when it comes time to actually use those points and miles.
1: Okay, great, Nick. Thank you for that. And I I will ask you down the line uh, about the 21 open credit cards. But first, I I don't want to overwhelm people on some of these advanced techniques, and and we'll get into them. But let's uh, kind of progress through the steps here, if you will. Um, I'm so... One of the things that, depending on how crazy you can go, you can also go really crazy with the annual fee. You know, you can have a $550 American Express Platinum fee, or you can earn double points, I believe, on some cards for absolutely nothing. So let's start with the obvious. The easy answer is, all right, it's probably if you want to just have the safest bet, Uh, where would you start with a no-fee card? Do you have a a specific one? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, let me ask you that.
0: Yeah, so there are a couple that immediately jump to my mind. And again, when I'm thinking about a no-annual fee card, and I'll tell you coming back to my personal experience, it was a good four or five years of me earning points and miles, understanding the, the the game, using my credit cards, before I even considered paying an annual fee. So it took me a while to really wrap my mind around the fact that some of these cards that have annual fees, you actually can get even more value for your rewards. But if you're looking for a solid card that has no annual fee, one of the really popular ones out there is the Capital One Venture One Rewards card. Now, it's a little confusing. There's the Venture that has a $95 annual fee and then the Venture One that has um, uh, no annual fee. The big thing I love about the Venture One card is even though it has no annual fee, you won't pay foreign transaction fees when you swipe the card outside of the country so as you start taking trips you know even if it's you know someone in florida hopping over to the bahamas or you know heading down to mexico or to canada most no annual fee cards will charge you anywhere from two to three percent every time you swipe that card in another country and uh, the Venture One card has no uh, foreign transaction fees. Um, it gives you a, a decent signup bonus uh, right off the bat, and um, it has a very straightforward earning structure. So you're going to earn 1.25 miles for every dollar you spend on the card. That's essentially 1.25 cents that you can then use towards future travel purchases. So it's simple. There's no worrying about, oh, I have to use it at this merchant to get double points or this merchant to get triple points or anything like that it's simple and it's straightforward so that would be one of my recommendations if you're not looking to go out of the country another good option would be the city double cash Um, that one is very simple two percent you earn one percent when you make the purchase and then when you pay your balance and by the way we always recommend paying your balance in full on time for any credit card that you open Uh, otherwise your credit score will take a, a big hit you'll also have interest charges that can more than outweigh any of the points or miles that you're earning. Uh, so the City Double Cash, uh, again, results in 2% cash back, also on any purchase. They, it does charge foreign transaction fees, so not a great option outside the country. But the great thing about either one of those cards is down the road, if you want to go a little bit more in-depth into maximizing your points and miles, Those are great jumping off points because you can then pair those with other cards that offer you an even better reward for um, your purchases. So those are great no annual fee options uh, to kind of get your feet wet, get started in the game.
1: Okay. And Nick, what do you mean by pair them?
0: So one of the really great ways that you can further maximize your uh your wallet is by pairing two, sometimes three, sometimes four different credit cards together and then using them in certain situations. So, for example, the City Double Cash by itself is just a cashback card. You get when you you know earn your rewards, you can redeem them for cash back. Period, full stop. There are other Uh, cards that are issued by Citibank though, that if you have one of those in addition to the double cash, you can take those 2% uh, earnings and you can actually convert them into more valuable travel points. You can convert them into airline miles. So there's a way to go further in depth down the road. But again, that's the important thing is you're building a solid base. You're getting comfortable with managing your credit. You have a really simple starting point. And if you're like me, Four or five years down the road, you decide that you want to start to get even deeper into it, you have that option. But if you're content with the 2% cash back, that's great. You're building credit, you're you know establishing yourself as you know, managing your budget from you know month to month. When you go to take out a car loan, you go to take out a mortgage, you're gonna have that credit history that a lender can look at really positively. So there's there's really no reason why, you know, everyone shouldn't have at least one no annual fee credit card to help establish that credit history and earn rewards along the way. Well, that's
1: a really good point, Nick. And if I can add an exclamation point to your disclaimer as well, uh, I, I'd like to, I think it's so important that people do start earning uh credit for themselves, earning credit. Uh, what's the word I'm looking at? Building credit uh, for themselves. So many people are scared of credit and people just want to use their debit cards everywhere. But when you go to uh, finance a home or a car or who knows what you might need credit for down the line, that's a really important thing to have. And they're going to want to see Credit history, so that's the the first thing I'd say. But then to add an exclamation point to the disclaimer about pay these balances off in full. Don't uh, don't mess around with your credit. And you know some people might say, oh my credit score went down a little bit, Uh, no big deal. Or sure, I I opened up a few cards this month, and that's gonna hurt my credit score. But that's all right. Look what I'm getting. Uh, in the in the short term for a short term gain, right? I just got all these bonus miles. So isn't this great? But yeah, I mean, you're really, you're really not being forward thinking. If you're if you're playing that game, because if you mess up your credit score, or just the, the lower the let's frame it positively and say, the higher your credit score is, if you're going to apply for a mortgage or apply for a car or borrow any type of money, then the higher your credit score is, the better the rate that you get. So if you're talking about a house, right? Call it $300,000 that you had to borrow. (laughs) Just just imagine, you know, just what a a half a percentage point uh, in in an interest rate will do. Look at all the money. So don't just try to get that extra 60,000 mile bonus this month from American Airlines or whomever. Uh, think of the long term game. So that's just my disclaimer, because I know the points guy really uh, it, the blog talks a lot more about personal finance as well these days. So I just wanted to put that uh, out there to all the, the listeners um, there. Nick, do you have anything to add on, on those points?
0: no i mean it's so important to remember um and there are a couple of additional tips that i would actually recommend you know one of the best things that my parents ever did for me was add them as authorized users to their credit cards when i was in high school a lot of issuers will um put a minimum age of i believe it's 14 for when you can be added And, you know, when you go and talk to your parents about this, you know, if you're in college or, you know, fresh out of college, you know, don't tell them, oh, hey, you know, you can give me this free reign to spend, you know, you can actually have them add you and then they can shred your card. Because if you're added as an authorized user, that's going to help establish a little bit of a credit history. Believe it or not, I have my five-year-old daughter added as an authorized user on one of my credit cards. Um, it's been shredded. She's not using it, but it's establishing that credit history so that when you do you know, turn 18, you move into college, you're looking to, you know, to get out on your own, you have a longer period or an established credit history. Um, and one of the other things to keep in mind is this goes beyond mortgage uh, and car loans You know the credit scores are increasingly being used in a variety of different factors We even have some apartment buildings if you have an apartment management company They will check your credit before they even lease you an apartment um, So if you're looking to you know, you're just getting out of college uh, You need to have a you know a solid credit score in order to you know oftentimes lease an apartment So I mean there's so many things that this really can impact. Um, so absolutely, you know, paying your balances in full, on time, doing so is the single most important thing you can do to not just maintain a, a decent credit score, but actually improve that to where you get into the upper echelons. Um, and then that just makes everything not just easier to obtain from a financial standpoint, but also cheaper to obtain.
1: Okay, great. And Nick, while we're on the topic of credit, I would like to ask you about having a lot of credit cards open. And uh, if you don't mind me asking how that's personally affected your score and if you have a strategy to constantly be using them or rotating them because you you want those to stay open and, and not close, as I understand.
0: Yeah, for sure. So let me start off with, you know, not many people or very few people probably, you know, can manage or, you know, want to deal with 15 or 20 open credit cards. Um, You know, there are uh, I put a lot of thought into which cards I keep, which cards I continue to pay the annual fees on. But um, the one of the big myths out there is this idea that having more credit cards results in a lower credit score. Now, if you open 10 new credit cards in a year, number one, good luck uh, getting credit card issuers to approve you for 10 new credit cards. Um, But when you apply for a credit card, whether you're approved or not, your score will temporarily drop because of what's known as a hard inquiry. Um, That's temporary. They'll generally stay in your credit report for two years, and then they will fall off. That is a temporary, very minor dip, normally four to seven points or so. What's much more important for your credit score in the long run is paying your balances in full, on time, and managing your credit responsibly. Now, here's the big myth, though, about having more than one credit card. In addition to your payment history, the second most important component of your credit score is what's known as your credit utilization rate. Essentially, this takes a look at your total available credit. If you went out today, how much money could you put on every single one of the accounts that are open in your name um, versus how much of that balance you are actually using. So if you have one credit card with a $10,000 limit and you've been really good, you're diligent, you pay it off in full every month, you're still having balances reported to credit agencies because your statement closes and then you have 25 days to pay it. So let's just say on an average, you know, monthly basis, you have about a $3,000 balance on that one credit card with a $10,000 limit. That means that you are using roughly 30% of your total available credit or your utilization rate is 30%. Now, let's say you opened a second credit card that also had a $10,000 limit. You're still spending that same $3,000. Maybe you're doing $1,500 on one card, $1,500 on the other. But all of a sudden, that denominator in calculating that credit card utilization rate doubles. So $3,000 out of $20,000, now your rate has dropped to 15%. So that's one of the most important things when it comes to calculating your credit score is using as little as possible of your available credit. If you have two credit cards, three credit cards, five credit cards, each of which has an available credit line, of 10, 15, $20,000, that's gonna lower that utilization rate. Again, though, you have to manage that responsibly. You can't think, oh, I have $100,000 in credit, I'm gonna go out and spend $30,000 because I can. Unless you are making the big bucks to pay that $30,000 back at the end of the month, definitely spend within your means. But more available credit is actually a major proponent of increasing your credit score.
1: Okay, great. And uh, then I guess part two of the question is that you have 22 cards open, and you don't want them to close. Uh, I believe most of my cards have, you know, every six months or so you need to put a charge on them, or at least that's how I understand it works. uh, I believe with Chase. So are you constantly rotating through your wallet? Or do you keep all 22 cards in your wallet? Or? uh, Yeah. how, How do you manage physically?
0: So great question. Generally speaking, if you have a card with an annual fee um, that you're paying each year, um, I have some cards where I pay the annual fee and I rarely actually charge anything to them because the perks that come along with them, I find valuable enough to just keep them. If you have a card with an annual fee, typically an issuer is not going to rush to close that card um, because you're still providing at least some financial benefit to that issuer. That being said, a no annual fee card—it's um, really important to every, I would say, at least once a year, to go and swipe it to buy a pack of gum or to, you know, get a, a Starbucks or you know something really insignificant. Um, for starters, that makes typically will make sure that the uh, the points that you have potentially accumulated on that card aren't going to expire, um, and it also helps ensure that that card stays active. So I will typically, um, you know, every couple of months I'll take a look at my cards and I'll say, Oh, you know what? I have these two or three. I haven't really, you know, charged anything on in a while. So on my way home from picking up my daughter at school, I'll swing through and grab a, you know, a a can of Coke or a pack of gum at the gas station, swipe that card, immediately log in and pay that uh, transaction right off the bat, just so I don't have to worry about it down the, the road of forgetting it. And that way that card stays active, stays open, um, you know, for, for sure. But, you know, if you are really focusing your strategy on one, two or three cards, um, you know, that I think especially if you're just you're just getting into the game. That's the, the most effective way to to build your credit, manage it responsibly, but still give yourself access to a lot of really great rewards.
1: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And Nick, if we could shift gears a little bit to uh, flying. And sure, some people might uh, sign up. For example, I have the, Jesus has a super long name, but it's the American Airlines one world platinum world elite mastercard or something like that i mean the name is insane i I, I put it in my book several times because i do like the credit card quite a bit but then the official name of this card is is crazy but uh you know that i happen to so i live in austin which is a little bit of an expensive airport uh to be honest and it's not a, you know, so it's not a big hub or anything, but I usually have to, fly, if I'm flying internationally, I'll have to fly through, you know, Dallas or Houston. So we're talking United or uh, American for whatever reason, I selected American um, and, you know, decided to go with that probably because they offered me 60,000 miles at, at the time and decided, okay, well, that, there's, there's my answer. I'll fly through Dallas now. Um, but if people are trying to make these decisions for themselves uh, one option that i do suggest a lot to people is to really look at the price and don't just be always glued to american i fly american when it's convenient right i try to but i'm not i'm not married to american just because i'm trying to collect the points uh status doesn't matter to me all that much. I've had status, and and to be, I, I'll get your opinion on this. But I didn't, I didn't get as many, You know, it was a, a very low level status, and so it wasn't like they were. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't champagne and caviar all the time. Let's let's say that. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna go with the with the uh, most cost efficient flights here. But if someone's trying to make this baseline decision of, oh God where should i start maybe i want to pair my credit card with my local airport and then start collecting miles on that airline where would you tell them to start
0: so in the the world of points and miles flexibility is key if you get for example an american airlines credit card and you only use that credit card you're going to get American Airlines miles, and then you are restricted to using those miles based on American's program. Sometimes that works out great. I've used American miles to literally fly all the way over, all the way around the world, um, use them within the U.S. as well. Uh, so there are a lot of great uses of American miles. So this is nothing against American, but just kind of an example of when you choose to earn a specific airline currency – uh, by opening that credit card and using that card exclusively, you're going to be more limited than if you had a card like the City Double Cash where you're getting 2% cash back and you can decide to use that for a Spirit Airlines flight, for a Hilton hotel room or you know, a Hertz car rental. You have the flexibility to choose. There are other cards that offer that same level of flexibility but even kick it up a further notch. So one of the ones we love at uh, the Points Guy is called the Chase Sapphire Preferred. It gives you you double points on travel and dining and then you can log into your Chase website and when you go to use your points, you can use them for any flight you want. You can use them for any hotel you want. You can even use them to, to pay for a rental car. But the other great thing you can do with Chase points is you can actually transfer them to different partner airlines. So United, for example, is one of Chase's partners. So instead of choosing to be restricted to United miles by having a United credit card, you could open a card like the Chase Sapphire Preferred. And then down the road, if you like, you know, I've accumulated some United miles by flying them, but I'm short of this award ticket, I'm gonna transfer 5,000 of my Chase points to United so I have enough for that award ticket and then book. But the best thing about that is you're not locked into United miles. You have them at your disposal in your Chase account, but you don't have you're not forced into using them with United. You can use them in a variety of other different ways as well. Uh, now, that being said, there's absolutely a place for airline credit cards depending on where you do live. If you live in Atlanta, chances are you're gonna be flying Delta at least once, twice, three times a year. So having a Delta credit card makes a lot of sense. I have some friends that are not anywhere near as into the the points and miles game as I am, but they live in Atlanta, and one of their major credit cards they they have is the the Delta Sky Miles Gold American Express card. They don't necessarily use it for everything, but the big thing that you wanna look at are the added perks that go along with these cards. So if you have a credit card, that gets you and you know up to three people that are traveling with you on the same reservation a free check bag, you take one domestic round trip flight a year and you have already more than paid for the annual fee on that card simply because you're not paying 30 bucks each flight that you check a bag. Uh, so there are a lot of perks like that that you should really look at when you look at the airline specific cards. Um, because again, if you're in a hub, if you don't have the luxury of being in an airport like Austin, or for me, you know, my closest major airport is Orlando and there's not really an airline that is focused on that particular airport. We have the flexibility where we can choose. There are a lot of others who are, you know, more hub captives where a specific credit card with a specific airline may make a lot of sense either for earning, but potentially also for the perks associated with that card.
1: Sure, that that seems to make a lot of sense. And uh, you t- so you talk about perks here. And uh, what are what are some that you think are the most worthwhile for people? Because there, there might be some that are like, oh, yeah, that would be really it would be really nice uh, to have or this is this is really comfy. But some like you just mentioned with the bags, right, which Domestic flights, by the way, that, America, that uh, American Airlines card that I have, I found out the hard way the first time. I was like, oh, I can't wait to use this. And then I find out that it was only domestic bags and not international flights. And when I fly domestic, well, I don't have a bag to check. I'm not going for very long. and. Uh, it's just kind of my rule of thumb. But if I'm, have lived in Costa Rica for a long time. Well, when I'm going down there, I'm bringing tons of stuff for other people and rations and supplies, et cetera, et cetera. So I learned the hard way. But what are some perks that you would think uh, that listeners should really, really consider?
0: Well, I think your your point, first of all, is so well taken because you need to before you even think about which perks are valuable, you need to make sure you understand them. So like the free check bag with you with American uh, restricting it to domestic flights with the United credit cards, you actually have to use that card to book your flights in order to get the free check bag benefits. So oh, wow. it's really important that as you're thinking about perks. You kind of read beyond some of the marketing copy of free check bags only if you buy the ticket with the card, you know, make sure you you look at that fine print really, you know, every traveler has their own, um, you know, uh, qual- uh, qualifications for what makes a valuable perk. One of the things that we're starting to see more and more credit cards offer is a statement credit for a, uh, uh, either a global entry or a TSA pre-check uh, uh, fee. Uh, generally, those are once every either four or five years. Those me- those are membership programs that are um, you know valid for five years. I we at the Points Guy we always recommend going the route of global entry, um, which is uh, fifteen dollars more. Uh, so it's hundred dollars for a five year membership, but it includes TSA pre-check. Uh, So the really nice thing is that a lot of cards, and not even those high-end, like you mentioned, the uh, Amex Platinum card, you don't have to pay a $550 annual fee to get access to some of these. The Capital One Venture card provides a a credit for TSA PreCheck. The Bank of America Premium Rewards card, $95 annual fee. Same thing. You'll get that statement credit for, for PreCheck. If you have never flown with PreCheck or you've never come back into the country with Global Entry, you are missing out. I have made flights that I would have missed had I had to go through regular security. I've flown back in after a long international flight and whizzed past those, you know, two-hour immigration lines straight to my global entry kiosk, scan my fingers, and boom, I'm through. They, they are, it is an incredible time saver. And a lot of credit cards now offer that statement credit. And the great thing too is that you don't have to use it for yourself. You just have to pay that application fee and it'll be automatically credited back to you. So definitely something I recommend, even if you only travel you know, once or twice a year, if you think about a $100 fee that you're gonna get back anyway and then spread out over five years, it is more than worth it to, to do. Uh, another really popular perk, and these are typically provided on the higher end cards, is lounge access at the airport. Um, you know, w- when you're in a busy airport with a flight delay, uh, there are a lot of uh, a, there's a lot of opportunity to lose your mind and to go a little bit crazy, and having uh, an oasis to retreat to. You know, even just to, to get out of the noise and the din of the airport terminal, we have found lounge access to be, you know, invaluable. And especially when you're traveling internationally, you know, in the United States, some of the lounge access provided on uh, some credit cards, locations may be a little bit more limited, but when you get outside of the, the US, they're oftentimes in, you know, very, Small, small airports, um, and again, it just gives you a nice place to relax, to grab a cup of coffee, to grab a snack. Um, traveling with my five-year-old, you know, we've learned snacks are the key, so having access to that lounge is uh, is a really great thing to have. Uh, And then finally, the other thing that I'll mention are what we like to think of as the less sexy perks of credit cards. So, you know, when you're on a credit card page, you're reading about, you know, double miles on this and free check bag and, you know, lounge access. And then down at the bottom, it talks about all the protections that you get. Those things can be absolute lifesavers under the right situation. So you have trip delay coverage. If your flight is delayed, you're forced to overnight because you missed your connecting flight. The airline says, sorry, it was weather related. It's not in our control. If you use the right credit card for that purchase, they'll pay for your hotel room that night. They'll pay for you to go to dinner that night. It has to be reasonable. You can't go out to a $600 steak dinner, but there are really nice protections built in. Uh, back in June of last year, my wife, our daughter, and I were flying home from South America, connecting flight in Lima. Initial flight was delayed, missed our connecting flight, got rebooked the next day. The airline had to go through a whole mess of trying to rebook us. I said, "Don't worry about it." I used uh, my Chase Sapphire card for the ticket. We booked ourselves at the JW Marriott. We got paid back for every dollar we spent at uh, um, at that property, along with the Uber rides to and from uh, the airport. So uh, those less sexy benefits are a really good peace of mind to have. Um, So be sure to review those coverages uh, uh, on the card that you're using to, to pay for your trips. That's great. I'm I'm sure your wife
1: was thrilled uh, at that, but I'm sure she found it sexy even though it's uh, it's the fine, the fine print, but no, those are, those are great. And uh, Nick, do you have uh, any experience with clear? Uh, It's like, uh, I I know you know what it is, but explaining to, to everybody else, it's, another line that you're seeing pop up uh, in addition to TSA PreCheck?
0: Yeah, so Clear is, um, it kind of uh, uh, takes TSA PreCheck to another level. It essentially allows you to skip the TSA PreCheck line at many airports. Um, They use biometric uh, recognition or biometric software. Um, You've been fully vetted um, and it's an even more expedited uh, security program. I personally have not used it. Um, it's is expanding to more and more airports, um, and ev- you even see it now at some uh, major sporting uh, event venues. Um, I personally have never once found TSA PreCheck to be a notable noticeably longer wait than having clear uh, clear does have uh, a yearly membership fee associated with it um, as opposed to pre-check again if you get global entry you're talking about hundred dollars spread over five years so it's essentially 20 bucks per year clear um, the regular price i believe is now 179 per year Um, Although if you are a member of Delta SkyMiles or United Mileage Plus, uh, you can knock that down to closer to $100 a year. Um, So a lot of people swear by it. Plenty of our TPG, uh, my TPG colleagues have uh, clear and love it. But at the same time, you also need to be looking at your home airport. Make sure that it has it, number one, because it's only at certain airports. And then also make sure that it's actually going to be a time saver. Um, One of our top writers um, is Richard Kerr. He's based in Atlanta. And he has found that um, nine times out of 10, the pre-check line is actually shorter than the clear line. And he really wants, uh, he's actually called on them to kind of you know, enhance the way that they, they do things. So really evaluate your, your personal situation, make sure that the airport or airports you use most frequently have clear, uh, before investigating, uh, that if you do have top tier status with uh, United or uh, Delta though, you could get an even, you know, further discount or potentially even a free clear membership as part of your set of perks. So, um, really investigate it. I personally don't have it, but I know a lot of people really love it.
1: No, that that's uh, great. Yeah, thanks for sharing, Nick. I, I tried it for a year. Um, I think I got it with my Delta miles or or something like that. I think it was ninety seven dollars or something for me, and wanted to do it for research for the book. And it turned out to be a business expense that was cool, but not quite necessary. Uh, here in Austin, the line is never long. You know, it's a small airport, so uh, not too concerned. I, I would say. Sometimes the TSA line at places like uh, LaGuardia or JFK can be really, really long on a Monday morning when it's a lot of people commuters and everybody has TSA who are business travelers or a Thursday evening flight, you know, uh, consultants coming home from their four day work weeks in whatever city and and stuff like that. and maybe clear would be good in those cases, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it as a, as a need, uh, just kind of a fancy, yeah, fancy little thing, I guess. So um, no, thanks for, thanks for, <clears throat> excuse me, Sharon. That uh, Nick and um, geez, okay, so we talked about flights, we talked about credit cards, um, and, and I guess the other big one might be hotels and and accommodations here if i'm thinking about this correctly now so many people you know when i go to a go to a place and uh, i own a a boutique tour company for young people we bring people all over all over the world internationally we really do our best to try to stay at boutique places that are not big chains and that are locally owned that support the local economies Uh, Etc. But for places like airport stays, you know, you said Lima and the JW Marriott, right? There's there's definitely uh, places that you can stay that are local in Lima. Don't get me wrong. But for a place at the airport in whatever city, you're probably going to find mainly chains. And then that specifically, it makes a lot of sense to uh, pick your rewards uh, carefully and uh, go with, you know, go with who you want to start to accumulate points with, or you have a credit card that you pair it with. And then I guess the other side of that is Airbnb. I much prefer to stay in a local home in an Airbnb, someplace with more space, etc. So if somebody's just navigating all this for the first time, or they've tried a lot of different styles of travel, and they're saying, geez, should I be staying with Marriott? Should I be staying with, you know, a certain, uh, uh, have a certain allegiance? What would you offer them?
0: So I think everyone has a different perspective on what makes for a great hotel stay. For some people, it's the points, right? So you want to be loyal to a a specific program, um, not just for the points, but then also potentially to earn elite status for someone who's maybe traveling 30, 40, 50 nights a year, combination of work and leisure, you know, road warriors. If you're doing 100, 150 nights a year, you've probably picked a hotel program. You probably go out of your way to stay with them. But for someone who's traveling more for leisure. The big thing i would recommend is to you know uh to be a free agent there are a lot of ways though that you can make the most of whatever property you stay at so an example would be using credit cards a lot of hotel credit cards will give you automatic elite status with a given program and that can vary from getting you bonus points on a stay. Uh, some cases you can get free breakfast um, just for having a credit card that has an annual fee of less than uh, $100. So the, the nice thing about that is that you don't necessarily have to worry about, oh, I have to stay 40 nights with this hotel chain in order to, to requalify for my status. If you have a credit card that gives you that status for free, you could stay one night, one year, 10 nights the next year, two nights the following year, and spend the rest of the time in an Airbnb. Um, The other thing to keep in mind, too, is that some of the more flexible credit cards will allow you to uh, use your points for any stay. So I mentioned the Chase Sapphire Preferred. If you log into Chase's portal, you can go in and say, you know what, I want to go ahead and... Uh, I'm traveling to Paris. I want to see what options I have there. You will see the Marriott's and the Hilton's and the Hyatt's of the world, but then you'll also see uh, oftentimes some of those more boutique locations. Chase also actually has a vacation rentals portal as well, where you can actually choose to get a more Airbnb type uh, rental. Online and you can choose to pay for it or you could choose to put put your uh, chase points to it Um, I personally also love Airbnb, especially traveling with my uh, Daughter because it's great to be able to get that extra space. She has her own bedroom. We have a kitchen We can prepare food in advance. So there are a lot of real positives for Airbnb and uh, Again, if you have the right credit card, you'll potentially will earn bonus points because Airbnb often codes as a travel expense on some of those cards But with a a card like the Capital One Venture Card, you could book an Airbnb, you can pay the $200 for it, and then you can log into your account and say, you know what? I didn't really feel like paying for that, so I'm going to redeem my miles through what's called their purchase eraser, and I'm just going to erase that purchase from my statement. So that gives you, again, that gets back to what I was talking about earlier, the idea of flexibility. You're not locked into, I have Delta miles, I can only use them on Delta flights, or I have Marriott points, I can only use them for hotel stays. Um, There are a lot of things that you can do when you have the right credit cards uh, and the right type of uh, points and miles at your disposal to really pick what's right for you.
1: That's great. And uh, you mentioned this before about airlines and um, being able to skip the line in some places, but just have signing up for the right credit card and then being able to have elite status at some of these hotels. (laughs) I've arrived. I I had a... uh, slight delay and it was real late at night i can't remember the exact scenario but they must have there was oh, right it was a, a connection i think it was in charlotte uh, so we're talking about uh american here and we were i guess the the connection must have been delayed and they booked everybody at the same hotel and so we all went to the same hotel uh for whatever the whatever the situation was and there was a huge line and we're talking one o'clock in the morning and i was coming from god knows where and sure enough i had that elite status and people were really upset watching me cut the line but i said sorry you know i paid for it and i want to go to sleep so that's you know, that's the kind of way, way it goes, but those points can be or those uh, type of perks can can really be invaluable, but not necessarily something that you absolutely need if you're just getting started.
0: Yeah, and I think the other kind of general suggestion that I always have is sign up for the loyalty programs. You know, the biggest thing that I hear when I talk to my friends and family is, oh, I never travel enough to earn enough points for a free flight or a free hotel room. We're seeing the trend move towards uh, points that either don't expire at all. Um, so we've seen Southwest add that, United just uh, last year, both of those airlines you know added that. Delta and JetBlue have had that for years, where you know, your points never expire. Others have 24, even 36 month expiration windows. So never say, oh, I never travel enough to to sign up for that program. Sign up for every single program that you can and then explore ways to earn points beyond travel. There's so many things that you can do to earn bonus points or miles on an everyday basis. Uh, One of my favorite tips that I tell everyone is to use online shopping portals. Um, we have a whole guide to, to exactly what that means, but essentially, rather than just going right to Bloomingdale's to buy something for you know, um, Christmas for you know, a gift or something like that, go to one of these shopping portals first and then click through to Bloomingdale's. Uh, you're getting the exact same items, typically for the exact same price, but by starting at one of these portals first, you're earning bonus points or miles with your given airline, your given credit card company, or even just cash back. There are a lot of great cash back ones that uh, that can give you a lot of great uh, benefits. So, you know, as you start to get more and more into this, signing up for programs, but then looking for other options outside of travel to build up points and miles. Uh, and yeah, a hundred miles here, 200 miles here, 500 miles here. It may not seem like much, but it does add up and, you know, can get you that much closer to a free trip.
1: Okay, great. And Nick, I want to get into a couple rapid fire questions in a minute, but I have one reader question that i wanted to uh read to you this comes from Lindsay in the under 30 experiences alumni group and she says i'm planning my honeymoon now and am lost as to which card to choose delta chase etc so if you could help somebody who is just planning uh planning you know their their honeymoon they're going to be putting a lot of money down, and they want to start racking up these points, uh, she would be flying out of Detroit, it looks like. Uh, what would you tell her?
0: So I would recommend, if you're looking at big expenses, like planning a hunting, uh, a honeymoon, planning a wedding, um, flexibility, again, is key. So I would recommend a card like the Chase Sapphire Preferred, um, the Capital One venture card, um, you know the, the great thing about those points is again, you have your say in how you want to use them. You're not restricted. Detroit is a delta hub, so I know there's you know that desire, oh, I'm going to jump on a delta credit card, but especially if you know if you want to fly internationally, you can um, Delta may not be the, the type of miles that you want to have at your disposal. If you have American Express points, for example, you could actually transfer those directly to Delta, but you can also use Virgin Atlantic miles on Delta. You can use Air France miles to fly Delta. Um, so there are a lot of other great opportunities. Um, in fact, my sister, when she went on her honeymoon, she actually flew from New York to Detroit and then connected from there to, uh, to Tokyo. Her flight, um, the, the, Tok- the Detroit to Tokyo flight, cost her and her uh, husband 60,000 Virgin Atlantic miles per person. And they were in Delta One suites. That's closing doors, full-on service, everything like that. If they had booked that exact same flight using Delta miles, it would have been 240,000 Delta miles per person. So literally, they saved four times the miles by booking through Virgin Atlantic rather than booking through Delta. So again, the flexibility is key. Um, You know, having a Delta card for someone in Detroit may make sense for those perks, the free check bag, priority boarding, things like that. But when it comes time to use your points, having the flexibility to use them how you want, transfer them to the partner that you want, that, to me, really outweighs um, you know, b- b- over-leveraging yourself with one single airline or one single hotel program.
1: Great, great. Well, Nick, uh, thank you for that. I want to move into some rapid-fire questions, uh, just a few short ones, and you can answer the first thing that comes to, comes to your mind, uh, but also yeah, brief explanation why it would be good. I'll start you off uh, asking what your favorite airline
0: is. Different answer: domestic versus international. Domestic, I love JetBlue. Um, free Wi-Fi, free TV, free snacks. You know, they make the the flying experience uh, uh, really simple. Internationally, I've got to go with Cathay Pacific. Um, their first and business class cabins are absolutely outstanding. Solid uh, uh, flight um, uh, service in flight, and pretty great award availability if you want to fly in those premium cabins. Beautiful. And your favorite hotel in the whole world. Oh, uh, so I've got to go back to, um, a trip that my wife and I took for our, uh, five year anniversary. We used points to fly in business class to the Seychelles and stayed at a property there called the, uh, Hilton Brise. It's on a private Island just off the, the main Island of, uh, of Mahi. And, uh, it was absolutely outstanding. Um, beautifully secluded location, beautiful beaches. We renewed our vows on the beach there. Uh, it was uh, an absolutely memorable stay, um, and bookable using points.
1: Excellent. Sounds, sounds like a great time. Uh, how about your favorite
0: airline lounge? Oh, my favorite airline lounge. Um, I, I would have to say the, um, the Turkish Airline Lounge in Istanbul, um, you know, it's their hub. You would expect them to have, you know, top notch. Uh, and that was really when we visited, uh, it was absolutely outstanding. You know, open to business class passengers, um, you know, it was it was really really incredible so um a close second i would say would be the Cathay pacific uh business and first class lounges in hong kong um also really fantastic um but a little bit harder to or longer to get to um when you're traveling to asia versus heading to uh to istanbul
1: great and nick what is one piece of travel gear that you cannot travel without
0: oh man now you're really making me think here um you know, to me, I, the, the biggest thing is, um, my Kindle. Um, and I will extend this out to my, uh, my wife and my daughter as well. Um, you know, very affordable, um, you know, especially during, uh, prime day or in, uh, on cyber Monday, I think we picked our, um, Kindles up for, uh, $29 or $30, uh, a few years ago. And the, the great thing about it is that, you know, I can have plenty of, uh, uh, books, movies, TV shows downloaded ahead of time. I don't have to Worry about you know what if the in-flight entertainment doesn't have something that I want? What if I'm on a plane that doesn't have a working TV or doesn't have TVs at all? Um, It gives me everything that I need right at my fingertips, and it's it's very cost effective. I know iPads are great as well. I had one for work several years ago, um, but from a cost-effective standpoint, you know we picked up three Kindles, load them with content ahead of a, a flight, and we're good to go.
1: Great. And uh, we'll keep on that same theme. If you were going on a uh, transatlantic or Pacific or what, it doesn't matter what, if you're flying abroad, flying internationally, let's just say, what would you load that Kindle with? Do you have a uh, favorite book or movie that you might recommend to people?
0: Uh well I uh I am right now in the midst of um a couple of TV shows on uh, narcos from uh Netflix. I'm very excited uh about that show. Part of that is uh because our next trip is to Colombia, so we're excited to experience Medellin and see uh Pablo Escobar's uh former haunts. Um you know, I I typically like downloading TV shows as opposed to movies to my Kindle. So, you know, The Good Place is another one that I've been, you know, really into uh, recently. So, um, you know, again, that's the the great thing about being able to download them right to your uh, to your Kindle from Amazon, from uh, Netflix and, you know, have them right at your fingertips.
1: Awesome, Nick. Well, uh, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, if people want to reach out to you personally, uh, obviously, with the point, the Point Sky blog, they can find
0: that, I think, pretty easily. Uh, but where can they reach out to you personally? So I'm on Twitter, at TPG Nick. Um, always enjoy interacting with our readers there. Um, if they want to send me an email, it's just Nick N I C K at the points guy.com. Um, you know, we, one of the favorite things about my job is, you know, hearing the success stories, you know, of, Hey, I read your article, I did this and it worked, you know, or, Hey, I have a question. I read this article, but I'm still a little bit confused. You know, we, we love interacting with our, our readers on a regular basis. So, um, by all means, reach out to me uh, on Twitter or send me an email. Um, I'd love to hear from some of you.
1: Awesome. You guys do a great job over there. And, uh, yeah, thanks for, So much for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Safe travels. Millennial Travel Podcast listeners, thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed that show and thought that that might help you escape more, spend less, and make travel a priority in your life, I would so appreciate if you checked out the Millennial Travel Guidebook on Amazon, millennialtravelguidebook.com. And if you shared this episode with a friend, I would really appreciate it. The reviews for podcasters and authors are so important and uh, would just love your honest opinion shared with the world because that helps more people discover the work that I'm trying so hard to put out there during this difficult time. And uh, I'm here to tell you, travel will be back. We just need to be patient.
0: Thank you all so much. Talk soon.